Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Howell. And I'm your host, Angie Rogers Howell. What is the Gone Boss Podcast? Well, it's a weekly podcast featuring awesome people in our community. We'll interview them, find out what makes them tick, the cool things they're doing to make our community a great place to live and work, and how they've gone boss. Be sure to check us out at goneboss.com or hashtag goneboss. We're on Instagram at goneboss2k or find us on Facebook by searching for Gone Boss. We're brought to you today by our premier sponsor, Schaefer Leadership Academy. Learn more at schaeferleadership.com. What do they have coming up? A virtual early riser. Oh, another early riser. Early riser, virtual coffee talk. Yes. All right. What's this one all about? This one is all about facilitating unbiased conversations. Facilitating unbiased conversation. Yes. I wonder if I'm biased. Do you think, I think I'm biased? Ev- everyone has internal biases. I'm no pretty sure what. I'm biased. I, I <laughs> bet you are. That's well, all I'm going to say. What would I learn at this? In this session, you're going to learn how to minimize defensiveness within conversations. I'm very defensive. I I am too. I I better go to this one. You should go to this one. (laughs) You're going to reflect on the process for sharing all information from all parties within a conversation. And you're going to apply strategies to practice facilitating unbiased conversations. Who will be facilitating this? This is facilitated by Megan Fusarelli. I think that's how you pronounce it. She's an educator and administrator with over 25 years experience in the social justice realm. She's out of Chicago and she is the founder and chief empowerment officer. She works with with a team of like-minded individuals whose primary goal is to help unite society through equity and inclusion work. So when is this going to happen? This is happening Thursday, June 1st. From 8 to 9.30, and it's virtual, so you can be in your jammies if you feel like it. Learn more at SchaeferLeadership.com. In the studio today, we have Keely from Ink Drinkers Anonymous. There you go. Now, tell (laughs) us all about this. This is a very cool concept. Yeah, so Ink Drinkers Anonymous is a local independent bookstore with a mission to bring more diversity and inclusivity into reading and literature in our community. So just trying to bring something a little different. So not a regular bookstore, not a bookstore with beer. It is. (laughs) Yeah. So it's, do you it's have a, any beer in there? Or? No, no. Yeah. I don't. I have tea. Tea. That's yeah. what I thought. I thought you had yes. some kind of drink in there. Yeah. Um, I'm wanting to expand on the teas that I have eventually, maybe work on making my own teas. But oh, that's a venture for a little down the road. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, at my bookstore, um, diversity wise, my shelves are stocked more with books by authors that are BIPOC, so black, indigenous, other people of color, indie authors, independent or self-published authors, and local Hoosier authors. Now, give me the reasoning behind it all. Why'd you do this? Why'd you start? So I have dreamt about opening a bookstore since I was like five years old. And I'm, I've been obsessed with Pinterest like for so many years. And <laughs> I made a Pinterest board full of ideas of what my imaginary bookstore would look like when I opened one, you know, never really meant to act on it. It was just a dream. And one day my mom was like, Keely, if this is what you want to do, do it. Otherwise, figure out what you want to do. And so I did it. Awesome. Now, where's it located at? So I am in the Rose Court on the second floor 
125 East Charles Street, Suite 216. Yes, the historic Rose Court right here yes. in Muncie, Indiana. Uh, very cool location. Yes, and lovely. I've seen the shop from afar. I have not been in yet, but uh, I have seen where it's located and all that good stuff. So, uh, well, congratulations, number Thank one, you. for getting it open. Tell me about that journey, though, to get it open. Yeah. Um, so, I started researching the day that my mom told me if it's what I wanted to do. I just needed that little push. So I... And number one, that's great that a parent pushed you in that direction because most times you you hear all these terrible stories of how they, they, uh, you know, for your own good sake or whatever, they crush your dreams sometimes and and don't push you in that direction that you want to go in as much. So it's it's really encouraging to hear that uh, your mom said, hey, go do this. Like, yeah. You've been dreaming too long. Just just make it happen. Exactly. Yeah. And she's the one who really fostered the love of reading. Uh, my sister, she didn't get it, get the reading stuff. I got all of it. All of it. <laughs> but, you know, she, I remember us taking trips to the library once, twice a week and getting books and her reading like the boxcar children and where the red fern grows. So she really <laughs> fostered that love of reading. Yeah. Um, and she really pushed me towards it, which I'm really grateful for. Well, again, kind of tell me the process. Like, how did you go about uh, choosing the location, uh, getting the books? Like, what what was that like for you? Yeah, so I initially started out online. So I did online and, like, vendor pop-up events and stuff like that. And I opened up my online store June 10th. So we're coming up on that anniversary. But we found that the vendor events and the pop-ups did so much better than online sales did. Which is understandable. Oh, yeah. I personally like going and physically looking and browsing books through the books. Books are a tactile thing. Mm-hmm. And when you have it in your hands, you're more likely to buy it. Exactly. So December, we decided that we were just going to look around and see, you know, just get some eyes on potential spots. And so we visited a few places and Rose Court was not even on our radar. We visited, uh, we browsed the space above the caffeinery. Yeah. The uh, Murray building. Yes. And we asked if there was any other places that she thought would be a good fit for a bookstore. She was like, down here at the Rose Court, we have a couple spaces open. So we went in there. And as soon as I set foot in, I was like, I love this place. Well, tell us about the store. What do you experience when you open the door? So the number one thing that I get a lot is it smells so good in here. Oh. Um, okay. I have those cute little um, Febreze or Glade oh, okay. like plugins. Yeah. And so, yeah, you walk in the main door and it's more so the like checkout area. I have novelties, blind dates with books, which are a hit typically. And then if you go through our little French doors, then there's the book room and it has new and used books. And I have a green a table that has my monthly display. Okay. Um, Your yeah. book club? Yes, I do have okay. two book clubs actually oh, okay. going right now. I have therapy session, okay. um, which is just general books, um, whatever we decide we want to read for the month. And then there's Lit Squad, which is focuses primarily on books by BIPOC authors. So Very cool. Yeah. Got a squad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now go back to me to this. Uh, go back a little bit to the blind date book. The thing. blind date with the books. Yes. So I try to switch it up monthly, but I get inventory and two or three books 
two or three titles. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wrap them all up, give a little description of what the book's about without telling what the book is or who the author is. And then I wrap oh, it's it. it's a in, surprise. Yep. I wrap it in twine and do a little stamp. And um, yeah, so it's a blind date. It takes the awkwardness and the, you know. So you don't have to look forever to decide what book. You mm-hmm. just grab it and you know you're getting the grab bag book and it's going to be great. Absolutely. Because you yep. curated it, mm-hmm. right? Okay, very cool. So tell me, are you a Munsonian? Where'd you come from? Yep, born and raised in Muncie. Um, I graduated from Central in 2016. Okay. As part of the Central South Consolidation. So, How uh, was that for you? It wasn't as bad as what I thought it was going to be. Okay. Yeah, um, there was a lot of a lot of stuff around that whole consolidation, but, uh, but it turned out good, really. Yeah, like, it did. They did a good job with putting it all together. Absolutely, and... Although I would have loved to graduate from Southside, um, I made a lot of great friends that I don't think I would have met or made otherwise. So yeah. overall, it was it was a good experience. So you've always lived in Muncie. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are some of the best things about Muncie in your eyes? Being a Munsonian and living here all the time, what do you think you know is the draw to this town? I have really, especially here recently, come to find that the community is probably the best part i've gotten a great you know reader literature community that's built that has built itself around me yeah and ink drinkers anonymous and just the outpouring of love and support and honestly i don't know what i would have done without it so yeah i would definitely say community um is really strong here now how'd you get plugged into this community i would say i networking is a big part of what has helped me get to where I am now. Mm -hmm. Um, Knowing the right people who have helped open doors. I am part of the Habitat for Humanity family. I got, uh, my family got a house in 2007. Okay. Um, And we've, for the most part, stayed pretty ingrained in Habitat. And we've had some help. I've had some help um, from Jenna Ashby just opening doors, getting me connected with the right people um, who then get me connected with other people and kind of like a domino effect. Well, definitely. Jenna's good people. She, uh, she's she been on the podcast along with uh, Lindsay Arthur. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, I yeah. love him. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I have to ask about the name, Ink Drinkers Anonymous. Tell me about it. Yes. So initially, Ink Drinkers Anonymous wasn't even an option. I would probably say a week or two after I finally decided that I was going to open up the bookstore. I told just a handful of people, um, Mm. my mom, one of my really good friends and her best friend, because we, we tried to start a book club with that's We don't talk about that book club, (laughs) but, and I was bouncing ideas off and we had decided that we were going to go with one last chapter or one more chapter or something like that. Yeah. And I was just joking with my mom about um, having a book club and uh, we could maybe do something like Ink Drinkers Anonymous. And my mom was like, that is a lovely name. Yes. Um, And that the Ink Drinkers, it came to me through research. Um, I was looking at different names for like bookworms. Okay. Yeah. So here here in the States, you know, we call them bookworms, uh, book nerds, stuff like that. But different countries have different names for them okay so i believe it's germany is like read rat there's book flea and in france it's ink drinkers and i was like i really like that leave it to the french 
<laughs> yeah, I was like, I really like that. And anonymous, just because I wanted to create a welcoming environment, especially for bringing what I am bringing to the table, the, you know, diverse literature. So just to make a safe space for readers to be readers. You happen to have any stories about uh, people that come to the store or anything like that? So I do have one customer who, opening day, I believe, he came in and visited. And I have, I would like to say, a good variety, a good selection of horror novels. Okay. And he, those really hooked him in because here just recently, um, which he comes in maybe once a week, once every other week to get a new book. But he was like, you have books in here that I wouldn't be able to go and get at Books A Million or Barnes & Noble. For opening day, I had a couple customers bring me in plants because I'm a big plant person. I have plants all over the bookstore. Um, so I've had quite a few uh, gifted plants and stuff like that. So Very good. So it smells good and you have plenty of greenery in there for yep. the books. Uh, <laughs> and you can take a blind date book as well, mm-hmm. which is kind of cool. That's a neat concept there. You say you graduated in what, 2016? Yes. What did you do between there and there? Let's jump back to 2014. Okay. My Going into my junior year, I would say maybe a week or two before we started junior year, I got a major concussion that really kind of limited some things for me. I was playing, it was at soccer practice. Soccer was a big, big part of my life. But okay. after that concussion, I was no longer able to play soccer so was it a smash with another person or um, something like that? Headers, taking headers. Taking headers. Yeah. What's that mean? Like a ball to the head? Mm-hmm. Ouch. So we, <laughs> we were practicing, you know, oh. hitting it off our heads and stuff. And yeah. It was a little hard that day. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but so, yeah, that took a lot of things off my plate. Really struggled with some anxiety and mm. learning issues stemming from um, the brain injury. Yeah. Did the focus go off a little bit? Like, was that one? Yeah. So of it? I did have to, the biggest thing is the technical skills. Okay. Math and science was a big struggle with me. Big struggle. I did, I did graduate with like a three point three point eight, I believe. So I did well, but it was just, it was a struggle. Okay. So pre-accident, you were fine with it, but post-accident, a little struggle. I wouldn't necessarily. Was, I was fine, <laughs> but I did. I did okay, okay. okay. I did okay. But afterwards, I I had to put a lot more work into it. Okay. Um, so after graduation, then what happens? Yes. After I graduated, I went to Anderson University. Okay. Um, yes, I loved it there, but I couldn't necessarily afford the tuition. So I then went to Ball State, and that was a big, big That's difference. A big shift. Yes, because uh, my class sizes at AU were like 8, 10 was my typical class, class <laughs> size. And then Ball State, where there was like 150 people in class. Yeah, some so, of those uh, big classes there. Yeah. So I kind of, I got lost. I needed more of that, you know, more one-on-one. Yeah. So I didn't do too well there. Um, well, I didn't either. <laughs> my first year, I about, I about flunked out there. So. Yeah, yeah. But I came back and rallied. <laughs> So from there, I went to Ivy Tech. Okay. And I just went ahead and got my general studies out of the way. I just here recently finished um, another semester, English degree with creative writing focus. Okay. Taking a break on that right now because I didn't realize how difficult it was going to be 
doing school, starting the business up. And I also am a caregiver for my grandmother. Oh, my gosh. So I had a little too much on my plate. So I plan on going back and finishing that out once things start to settle down. I get in the groove of things a little more. And then, you know, I bounced around different jobs between their... Give me an example of something you've done. I worked at Dairy Queen there for a bit. I okay. also worked on McGalliard at, or Southside or on McGalliard. Okay. Um, Who I, just recently closed, didn't they? Mm-hmm, they yeah. did. Yep. Yep. And so the Dairy Queen is kind of a it's a family <laughs> thing. My mom worked there when she was in high school, I believe. Okay. And then she went back. I worked there in high school, and then I went back. And my younger sister worked there in high school. And then went back. (laughs) So, um, yeah. So we, we, uh, I worked at Dairy Queen. I worked out at Wasson's last summer. Loved it there. While I was between AU and Ball State, uh, that summer between, I worked at Care Animal Hospital as a kennel tech. And then throughout there, I have nannied and babysat and stuff like that for awesome families. Do you think any of that uh, work history helps you out to what you're doing now with the store? I would definitely say customer service. Yes. I I pride myself in in good customer service, but yeah, just being comfortable talking to people, you know, and that problem is a solving. Skill. Like I don't I don't know if you uh, recognize it or not, but definitely uh, as I have talked to more and more young people and interacted with them, it's definitely a skill and it's a learned skill. It's mm-hmm. something that, you know, there there's only very few that come out of the gate and they're like great, but yeah, even myself, I w- I was a uh, I would say backwards. I didn't like to talk to people mm-hmm. and things like that until uh, about the mid two thousands, and then <laughs> I became a social butterfly. So, <laughs> yeah, I I like to say I'm between an introvert and an extrovert because you know I definitely could stay in my room all day and be completely yeah. fine having no human interaction. But get me in front of a crowd of people, and depends on the crowd of people. But <laughs> then you know I could talk. I could I could do it for days. Nope. So. Tell me about some of your favorite books. What, Where do you go in your own store? So I typically go to like mystery thrillers, but I have been dabbling in the horror novels. Okay. Um, have found that I really like those, especially the slashers. <laughs> um, I have a slasher right now that I really like. I'm reading the second book to the trilogy. But it's Clown in a Cornfield. Trilogy. Yes. I haven't heard that. So, yeah, three books. (laughs) Uh, He's working on his third one right now. Um, But, yeah, Clown in a Cornfield, it's like Scream meets the Midwest. Okay. So good. So good. (laughs) They're actually making a movie for the first one. It's been optioned. So they're they're working on it, but it's been confirmed. Okay. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. So I'm super excited about that. Another one that I read recently is Razorblade Tears by S.A. Cosby. And that one is a fantastic read, too. It's an um, action thriller. Great one. But, I, yeah, I tend, to, I tend to stick with thrillers, mystery, horror. Do dabble in, you know, romance here and there. But Okay. Now, I have to ask this just because you read a lot. You mm-hmm. took creative writing in, uh, in college. Tell me, is there a book on the way? Are you working on anything? So I have self-published a book of poetry called Messages in a Bottle. Okay. Um, that is That was published in, I self-published it in 2017, okay. 2018. So 
messages in a bottle is i have been told it's depressing um <laughs> but it deals a lot with my emotions okay and i am not necessarily a talker when it comes to my emotions i am a bottler okay and so my poetries are my messages in a bottle nice so i am working on more poetry short stories i want to work up to novels i've i've started like 15 but it's just finishing finishing them so i'm gonna start with short stories first and then work my way up as a young entrepreneur Mm -hmm. how do you keep going like it has to be rough it is (laughs) Um, and it can be frustrating for sure. My mom is a big supporter. So is my friend that I mentioned earlier, Alexis, the one that we started book club with. Yeah. That didn't didn't work. Didn't, (laughs) didn't work out at all. But yeah, my mom, Alexis, her mom, younger sister, and her husband are really great. Um, number one supporters, honestly, my younger sister also, she's just, you know, my sister though too. So it it depends on her mood. (laughs) But, but that's great. You have this great support system pushing mm-hmm. you along and, and uh, making sure you realize your dreams. And that's, that's very powerful. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do come home all the time frustrated and, you know, disappointed with, you know, how the day went that day or how I'm going to keep going and pushing through. But they're, they're a really good support system, motivation, stuff like that. So. Now, I know you're just getting started, but mm-hmm. where do you see this in the next three to five years? Yeah, so this this is a question I love answering. So eventually, I am wanting to add on a bakery and potentially a like specialty tea shop. Okay. So yeah, I and my friend Alexis, her younger sister loves to bake and stuff too. So she's already like, you start it up and I'll, I'll, I'll be there and help. So, but yeah, I... Have recently, within the last maybe year, gotten into tea and loose leaf teas, where it mm-hmm. like takes forever to make it and that whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, and just the medicinal properties that you can get from tea. Yeah, I'm a tea drinker myself. I'm peppermint tea. Oh, I love peppermint tea. I know. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, and we don't really have any I mean, shops where you can get diff like many different varieties of tea. Usually, right. it's like. Three or four, and yeah, the coffee yeah. shops do carry some tea around here. But uh, I've been down there in Indy, where the where shops are all tea, and you walk really? in and everything. Yes, and they like have a. It was kind of cool. They put the hot water in some kind of clear kettle, and they place it in front of you, and then you kind of <gasps> do it yourself right there, and you let it seep and all that, and then you can drink it. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, so it, it's da- it's down there in Indy somewhere. Hopefully, it's still open because um, it was a really cool concept one. What do you want to be remembered for? I would really like to be remembered for being a light in the darkness, bringing people together, you know, working on the the reason why I opened Ink Drinkers Anonymous and made the mission what I made it is because it wasn't until last year that I read a book where the main character looked like me, was black, um, person of color, and mm. I want other people to feel what I felt. Yeah. Reading books with characters that look like them and people getting to understand, you know, characters that don't look like them. So bringing awareness, Mm -hmm. you know, I want to be that light in the dark that brings awareness. Try to unite people through literature. That's definitely an (laughs) awesome goal. Thank you. My hat's off to you, and I I hope much success. Thanks so much for being in the studio with us. I appreciate you coming in. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm glad to be in.
you would call an emotional person True or that. a person who really <laughs> knows how to deal with emotions, right? Now, <laughs> now something happened in the, in the past month, two times to you, yes. and it's very funny to me because, yes, uh, yeah, emotional people kind of kind of frazzle they you throw me bit. off balance they i don't know what off. to do i am a logical thinker i don't know i just like to think things through and like be i don't know i don't i don't like emotions i like to stuff them down and pretend like they don't exist and then when other people are like melting oh like bubbling over emotions i don't know what to do i just turn into an angie little and, poof and let's <laughs> remind everybody she's not a hugger type so. i'm not a hugger i'm i don't i don't she need deal people with, in my deal space well with emotions i don't Deal well with emotions. I so, just never so what happened here? So, so the first one was in Winchester. Yeah, it's happened in our Winchester office. It's happened in our Muncie office. And in especially in our Muncie office, we've got a lot of different people who come in and out. We've got people, residents upstairs and their families and friends and whoever. We've got people coming in our office and our office mates people. So we got people coming in and out all the time, right? A mix, a diverse mix of people who come in and out. And we answer the door when the do- doorbell rings. A lot of the time we answer the door because we're the <laughs> one with the window and we can see when people are walking in and out and stuff so i try to make amy answer the the door actually because i'm not good at it but when i answer the door i had so so just this week i had somebody come in i was the only person in the office you were in winchester all the other office mates were gone amy's out sick so it's just me which is my favorite so then i i had to answer the door so i go out there yeah i answer the door and there's this lady out there like on the verge of tears and i'm like oh no this is not my this is not good for Angie. This is not good for me. If Amy was there, she would have taken care of it and it would have been fabulous. So do the voice that you gave me. <laughs> she was like, uh, excuse me, I'm looking for this sweet number. And I'm like, so this woman's having a bad day. She's having a one. bad day. And then she runs <laughs> into me, which I'm sure does not make her day any better because I'm like, I don't know what to do with you. So I try to I try to help her find the suite because, you know, this building's a little tricky and whatever. Yeah. So I take her over there and she she's like, well, uh, I don't know. And, blah, blah. <laughs> and then she's like, could, could I talk to somebody in this other suite? And I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> You shut her down right there. I shut it down. I she wanted to can I just have some time with this guy over there? I'm like no, no, he doesn't know you're coming. I said I don't I don't really know him and I don't feel comfortable intruding on him. I'm so I did it nicely well, in of my course, way, the way. In the Angie way. But you shut it down. But I shut it down. <laughs> yes. And I am always like that. If we get people who come in here looking for to come in the door, I put myself I am the gatekeeper. I am, I put myself in the doorway, and nobody's getting past me. <laughs> now, back up a little bit. We started in Winchester, but you went to Muncie. So oh, what happened in Winchester a few weeks ago? Winchester a few weeks ago, by our office space, is a lot of real estate agents and yes, everything. Yes. So that we're kind of in this hallway with all the real estate guys, which is great. They're fun. We love them. But people have real estate issues. But people have, yeah. And that makes you emotional. Like, you know, a place to live is a pretty basic need and is makes they're going to kick me out they're, my rent's too high it's all a ball of anxiety. a ball of anxiety so i'm sitting in there again i'm the only per all of the other sweet mates are gone it's just me i'm the <laughs> only person so i have to deal with it and so i hear somebody out in the hallway shuffling around and crying and they're like <laughs> and like slop slobber and snot everywhere and so i go out there and i'm like how can I help you? And she needed a place to stay. She needed, she had a budget. She's had to stay under. She was told somebody here could help her and all this stuff. And I'm like, 
I can't help you. (laughs) (laughs) So you did you shut it down? Well, I led her to the proper place. I'm like, well, if you need a place to stay, all these real estate agents here could probably help you. They are the ones to talk to. So I took her in, introduced her, and all of that, and did that. But um, but it really bothers you. It flusters you. It flusters me. It like I can handle a lot of situations and a lot of stuff going on all at the same time, and I can be a boss lady about lots of things. But the thing I cannot do is that. And it's so funny because we, Amy makes fun of me because she knows I'm terrible at it. Yes. And anytime, and she. It's the empathy card, right? Right. I don't have it. Amy has it. <laughs> I do not. I never p- pretend to possess it. I don't have it. So anytime we get stuck out in the lobby or in the hallway and yeah. somebody's talking or needs help or whatever, and Amy's talking to them, then she just laughs because she turns around and there's like an Angie shaped cloud of dust that just, just goes poof. poof. And I say, nope, and I nope right out of there, and I am not not doing it. I'm going to shut it down. So now we know your super weakness. That so is my I super want weakness. everybody to give Angie a hug <laughs> no. and start crying around no, her just to see what no. she does. No. That would be fun. If you start crying, I will walk away. <laughs> I will not do it. No, not happening. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Gone Boss. Be sure to check us out at goneboss.com or hashtag goneboss. We're on Instagram at goneboss2k or you can find us on Facebook just by searching Gone Boss. If you like what you heard today, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you find your podcasts. Today's episode was brought to you by our premier sponsor, Schaefer Leadership Academy. Check them out at schaeferleadership.com. Have a great rest of your day, and don't forget to tune in next week to find out who has gone gone boss. boss.